following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. I want to talk to you today about how to approach the start of a new year. How do you approach the start of a new year? Well, this is part B from last week. Last week we, we shared on how to finish a year and, uh, and, and Dion summarized it so beautifully. I was so impressed by his summary of it. That was great, Dion. Obviously, you memorized it all, and uh, it's wonderful. Uh, this, so this is part B on how to approach a new year. Look, we all begin a new year with excitement. There's, did anyone see the fireworks this year? Did anyone make fireworks this year? Uh, Someone gave us a beautiful cruise on the harbour that Anne and I took on New Year's and we were right there under the fireworks and, uh, and it was wonderful to start the New Year. And all over the world, people celebrate the beginning of something new. It's like, oh, it's new and it promises so much. And so we are starting this year with hope that this year is going to be the year of breakthrough that this year is going to be the year of blessing, that this year is going to be the year of better things. How many of you start with that hope and that expectation? You know, well, I'm going to make a promise to you. Are you ready for this? This year, you will definitely have breakthroughs. This year, you will definitely have blessing. This year, you will definitely have better things. But let me add one more thing to the mix. This year, you're also going to have some challenges. He said, well, can't you just stuck to the first three and left the last one alone? I'm, I'm just making promises that are normal. That's, this is, every year has all of those possibilities thrown in. But what I want to do is to, is to help you adopt the right approach to the year. Are you ready for this? So open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. Because I, I, I don't know of a better scripture to approach the start of anything new than uh, with the scripture that describes the children of Israel approaching the promised land. It's the new for them. After being in captivity for 400 years, after wandering through the wilderness for 40 years, they were finally on the threshold of entering the new. And so here it is. A word from God. Say, so what? A word from God. I, I don't believe that you've come here today to just be having your t- ears tickled. I believe you've come here today expecting a word from God. Well, here it is. This is what it says in Joshua chapter 1. We'll read the first nine verses of Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua the son of Nun. Now, obviously, in those days, they didn't have nuns. This is a man called Nun. Okay, Moses' assistant saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot tread, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be 
your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then... You shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, man. I tell you what. That's, that's, I think that's the first time people have clapped by me just reading a scripture. Okay, so there are four points that I want to make this morning. First point is this, how to approach the start of a union. Number one, you need to leave the past behind you. So here it is. Moses is dead. Egypt is behind you. Don't look behind. Look ahead. Do you want to start a new year well? You need to leave the past behind behind you. The children of Israel had to leave the past. They'd been in captivity for 400 years. They'd been in Egypt. They'd been in slavery. They'd been in oppression. They'd been in unfulfilled dreams. They'd also had a great leader, but that great leader was dead. And here they were at the threshold of a new beginning. And you can't drive forward by staring in the revision mirror. You know, you can glance into it, but you can't stare into it. And too many people are trapped in the past rather than looking forward. And, and he was the word. Don't look back. And whatever you do, don't bring your past into your future. Why is that? Because as we said last week, your past is filled with a lot of junk. There are disappointments, there are disagreements, there are discouragement, there are distractions, there are disputes, there are discouragements, there are disasters. There's a lot of this stuff in your past, but you don't drag it into your future. The only thing that you should bring into the new are the discoveries that you made and the wisdom you have gained. So leave all the junk, but... But, but, but recycle out of the junk the good stuff. And the good stuff are the discoveries you have made and the wisdom you have gained. And you're allowed to bring that into your future. Okay, second point is this. You've got to get an exciting vision. You've got to get an exciting vision. So here's the word of the Lord. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given it to you. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. All of a sudden, God opened up to them the scenario 
of a brand new vision. The children of Israel had to get an exciting new vision. It's the promised land vision. How many of you know that the promises of God in Him are yes and amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. The promises of God in Him are yes and amen. Don't get discouraged that it hasn't come to pass yet. Because the children of Israel had to wait a long time before their promises came to pass. But this was it. This was it. How do you know that this is not the year where all the promises of God come true in your life? I know it's going to be the year for Dion. He's in expectation that, that uh, he's going to live happily ever after. For Mike and, and Maya this year, they're getting married. For huh? Chris. Why did I say? Just... Did I say Mike? Sorry, Chris. As if. And, uh, and for Sergio, Christian Espinel, and Claire. So uh, we've got a, a lot of marriages happening this year. And, and uh, uh, it's a lot of their dreams are going to come to pass. This is the year that they've dreamt of. And what about you? You say, but, but, but it's. it's It's okay for them, but God's forgotten me. Stop putting that into your spirit. Get that out of your spirit. God forgets nobody. God forgets nobody. Don't approach this year already. We're only in a few days of it. Don't, Don't approach this year with negativity already. Begin to believe that this is the year where you will get your breakthrough, where you will get your blessing, where you will get your better things. It's your year for it. And so don't let your exciting vision be squashed by anything. I I, I believe that there are dream destroyers out there. How many of you have ever met a dream destroyer? Just stay away from them. Look, the biggest dream destroyer is the enemy. And you've got to be careful that the enemy doesn't sort of get a foothold in your life. And he's just speaking to you that everybody else's dreams will come to pass, but not yours. Everybody else's vision will come to pass, but not yours. Don't, don't, don't you sit there and think, well, everybody else is going to get a job, but not me. Everybody else is going to be happy, but not me. Don't, don't believe that. I'll tell you, that's the enemy trying to get a foothold in your life to destroy your dreams even before they're born. But, but what you need to do is surround yourself in an environment where you even allow yourself to dream afresh. Where you're, where you're even able, because I want to say to you that, that, that if you've gone through grief in your life, where something has happened to you, where something that you believe has been taken away, that it can create an atmosphere where you stop believing anymore. Well, you stop dreaming anymore because of fear of being disappointed, of fear of being hurt. We just don't dream big anymore. We just sort of say, well, I'll only dream that which is within the realms of possibility. But if something has got, uh, 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 has got an opportunity for it to come to pass, I'm not even going to go there out of the risk of being hurt again because I can't handle being hurt. And I'm saying to you that God wants to protect you from hurt and open you up to dream some big dreams and dream some big visions. And, be, and, and, and you need to approach this year with a big, exciting dream. Can I spend a few minutes sharing with you how to get an exciting dream? 
Does anybody want to know how to get an exciting dream? Okay, here it is. How to get an exciting dream. Number one, pray and ask God for an exciting dream. He said, what? Pray and ask God for an exciting dream. Why don't you take some time out, your busy schedule, and get alone with God and say, God, would you, would you give me a dream? Would you give me a vision? Would you give me something that I can honestly say, I've got a God vision, a God dream, not a made-up one, but something that's come from the throne of God. Pray about it. Seriously pray. Oh, but I tried that once and nothing happened. Well, try it again. Well, I tried that twice and nothing happened. Keep persisting until it comes. The Bible says, ask and keep on asking. Be like that persistent widow that just kept persisting until she got the answer. Because God sometimes looks for persistence within us to see the breakthrough in persistence. So don't give up, but persist in asking God. Second thing is this, that your exciting vision will always be connected to your gifts, talents, and call. There will always be a connection with the vision and the gifts and talents upon your life. Why is that? Because I believe this, that when God was putting you together in your mother's womb, And I honestly believe that that's the way that it works. God puts you together in your mother's womb. None of you were mistakes. Every single one of you were God-ordained. And I just just press pause for a second because I just did a great motorbike ride with two of my buddies this week. I did a 900-kilometer motorbike ride right up to the black stump. Just wanted to go to the back of the black stump just to say I, I did it. And then we came back via the putty road. It was a great ride. But two of my buddies that I went on that trip with was uh, Dazza and Jezza. So Darren McMahon and Jeremy Hodson. And, um, and so we're on our motorbikes. And one of the great things about doing a trip like that, you get a lot of boys' time together. And boys, it's great fun. We, it's great not having the girls around because our discussion is boys' discussions. But, you know, we, we got to a discussion at one stage and I realized that both Jeremy and Darren, there was a huge decision that someone had to make when they were conceived because both of them, their conception happened as mistakes. Both of them, their mothers were young teenagers that happened to have an episode and they got pregnant. And, uh, and here's these two teenage girls, different parts of the world. With Jeremy, it was in England. With Darren, it was here in Australia. Teenage girls having to make a decision, do I keep this baby or do I bought this baby? Do I keep this baby or do I bought this baby? And the decision was made, I'm going to keep it and adopt it out. And so both Jeremy and Darren, their mothers made the decision to keep them and then adopt them out. And they got adopted out to Christian families. And both of them ended up becoming pastors, impacting literally thousands of people all over the world. And I was thinking, what an incredible thing that, that, that none of those two boys were mistakes. Not one of them was a mistake. That, that, that young girl thought, what a terrible mistake. Oh, this is a tragedy. But in God's eyes... 
A man of God's just been born. A man of God's just come into this world with purpose and destiny. And, and, I, and, and I'm looking at these two guys and I'm saying, how thankful am I that those teenage girls made the right decision back then? Overcame their shame and their guilt. And they said, no, we, we want this little baby to live and have destiny. And, and, and as they were being formed in that little teenage womb, God was placing talents and calls and, and stuff in, this, in, in that little formation of that child that was going to impact and is impacting literally thousands of people right across the world to this day. Come on, can you get a vision like that? Can God create a vision out of your mistake? Uh Uh-huh, I love that. Because I want to say to you that you can never get to a place where you are removed from the presence of God. You can never go so far down in a tragedy and in a disaster that you think that God is removed from your situation. He is there. And what's more, He can turn the thing around and work it out and bring good out of it. Hallelujah. The third thing I want to say about getting an exciting vision is that it needs to be confirmed by godly people and God's word. See, what what we've got to do is this. We've got to separate from our thinking a God vision from a selfish vision. Because a God vision will always be confirmed by godly people. And it will always be confirmed by God's word. And a God vision will usually be much bigger than you can dream of yourself. It's like, wow, I don't know if I can do that. And God says, that's the vision that I put in your heart because you need my help to accomplish it. If you could do it in your strength, it's not a God vision. If you have to use God's strength to do it, it's probably a God vision. Well, what's the difference between a God vision and a selfish vision? Well, a selfish vision is all about me. I don't believe that God plants a vision in your heart that's all about you. Well, I want to be a rock star. I want to be a movie star. I want to have a big house. I want to have a big car. I want to be famous. I want to, I want to, I want to for me, me, me. That's not a God vision. That's a selfish vision. You need to get that out of your spirit. Because a God vision will always be how you can be a blessing to others. And that's, that differentiates between a God vision and a selfish vision. He said, but all I want to do in life is to be happy. That's all I want is to be happy. Well, you know what I found? I found that true happiness comes in serving God. See, true happiness comes in living a fulfilled life. And a fulfilled life only happens when you're walking in obedience with God. Because I know people that are on the perpetual chase for happiness. And they think that happiness is connected to things. If I have this thing, I'll be happy. I need to have it. And then think, hmm, that gave me happiness for a little season. But maybe I need something else to make me happy. Then they chase this. And then one of the biggest traps is if I get married then I'll be happy. He said, that's a trap? You got no idea. You got no idea how much work is involved in marriage. 
in order for it to bring happiness. My, I tell you, I, you know, I, I love Anne. We are happily married, but it requires a lot of work. And it requires, I think, a lot of work from me. But if you talk to Anne, she'll say it's a lot of work from her. But when you put us both together, we'll tell you it's a lot of work from both of us. It's a lot of getting it. So, so I had Dion in my office today just preparing for the service and how to do the communion. And I said, mate, let me give you one word of advice. And I said, this is what happens right now that you've proposed to Simone. You've got to take the garment of boyhood off and put the garment of manhood on. And let me tell you what the difference is. The boyhood garment is all about me. I make decisions based upon me. What makes me happy? What makes me feel good? That's the boy. Take that garment off and put the garment of a man. And the garment of a man says, how do I make my family happy? What do I need to do to create an environment around me that's safe, protects others, because that's what men do. Boys don't do that. Boys, it's... It's me. It's my happiness. It's what I want. You're going to make me happy. Boys. Men, they're willing to lay down their lives for the people around them. They're willing to sacrifice... That's a man. And when you become that man, Dion, Simone will follow you to the ends of the earth. Because she'll say, where can I get a man like that? Come on, guys. You're getting something out of this. Okay. So, so there's a God vision versus a selfish vision. There's a God vision versus an imposed vision. What do I mean by an imposed vision? Well, see, what, what happens in our lives is that we've got significant people around us. People that we love, people that we want to impress. And sometimes what happens is that that significant person can actually dominate your life and tell you what your vision ought to be. We have to be so careful that we don't try to live our lives trying to make the significant people around us happy because that's a recipe for disaster. You cannot live your vision dictated by a significant person in your life. You've got to live your vision dictated by what God wants because God has actually designed for you to operate under the vision that he gives you. But you can't operate under an imposed vision. It's like David trying to wear Saul's armor. It just doesn't fit. It doesn't work. You can't operate. You can't accomplish what God's wanting you to accomplish trying to live an imposed vision. So you've got to separate that. You know, I don't care how significant the person is. Sometimes it's, it's a parent that imposes a vision upon our lives. Sometimes it's a spouse. Sometimes it's children. Whatever the significant person is, make sure that your vision isn't an imposed vision, but a God vision. You got this? And let me tell you the third trap is where we try to accomplish someone else's vision. 
What, what happens in life is that we see someone who is so fulfilled in their vision and we think, if I do what they do, then I too will be fulfilled. The problem is that you're not them. And if you try to be, you'll always be a cheap imitation. You've got to be who God's made you to be. And you've got to start to feel comfortable in your skin. you just got to feel comfortable in the way God made you and in the gifts that he's placed upon your life so that your vision is not a selfish vision, an imposed vision, or someone else's vision, but your vision is a God vision. Amen? Okay, I've got 10 minutes left, so let me fly on this. Third thing you've got to do to approach 2013 the right way is adopt a winning attitude. And what I mean by this is just believe that you're not going to fail. So, so he's God trying to tell the children of Israel, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Every place where the sole of your foot treads is land that I'm giving to you. Come on, you guys that have been in slavery for 400 years, get a winning attitude. Get your attitude changed. You're not born to lose. You're born to win. Come on, I want everybody to say, I'm born to win. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're born to win. You've got to get that attitude in you. You say, but, but right now I feel like I'm losing. Right now I feel that I'm going under. It's temporary. It is temporary. Let, let me put a word into your spirit. Others can hinder you temporarily, but only you can hinder yourself permanently. Get it into your spirit. No one can interfere with God's plan for your life but yourself. You say, but John, this has happened and that has happened. I've made this mistake. I've made that mistake. We talked about this earlier on. You've got to leave the mistakes behind you. Why is that? Because while there is breath in your lungs, God's plan with you isn't finished. God can bring you around. It doesn't matter how many times you've gone around that mountain. You still haven't forsaken God's plan if you decide I'm moving away from the mountain and moving forward. There's the promised land in front of you. Get a winning attitude. The power to win is within you. But let me tell you what else is within you, the power to lose. And it all determines what attitude you adopt. You were born to win, but you can only be a winner if you plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. Have you got that in your spirit? Or do you wake up in the morning and think, what disaster is going to happen to me today? Got to get that out of your spirit. Got to wake up in the morning and say, what amazing event is going to happen to me today? Why is that? Because God is on my side. Let, let me give you the secret ingredient to winning. Are you ready for this? Who wants to know the secret in winning? Here it is. The secret ingredient to winning. Are you ready for it? Toby wants to know as well. Here it is, Toby, just for you. Courage. Courage. Everybody say courage. God tells them three times they need to be courageous. In verse 6, he says, be strong and courageous. In verse 7, he says, be strong and and very courageous. And in verse 9, he says, Be strong and of good courage. So if, if, if courage is the secret weapon to success, 
Can I tell you what the enemy's secret weapon against you is? Who can tell me? Discouragement. Discouragement. Do you know one of the saddest statistics that I know is this. That in Australia today, 14,000 people who were once in ministry are no longer in ministry. 14,000 people went through college, got all of their, their preparation done, went into ministry, and now no longer. And they did a survey to find out what, what it was that was the common factor in most of these people not being in ministry. And you know what the end, of, end result of the survey was? Here it is. Of those 14,000 people that are no longer in ministry, the majority of them are no longer in ministry, not because... They had committed affairs. They stole money. They got, they got pride in their lives. The majority of them are no longer in ministry today because of discouragement. Discouragement. I want to say that it's the enemy's secret weapon against you. Try to discourage you. Try to make you feel you're too old or, or, or you've made too many mistakes or there's too much baggage from the past or there's just, you're not good enough or you're not holy enough or you're not righteous enough and just to make you feel discouraged. But here is God saying to you, come on, be of good courage. Be of good courage. Let, let me tell you the common denominator between courage and fear. Are you ready for this? The common denominator between courage and fear is the projection. Both of them are projections. See, what happens is this. When you have courage, you project into the future and you see success. And that's what gives you courage. When you have fear, you project into the future and you see failure. That's what creates fear. Let me ask you a question. Who's in charge of the projector of your life? What are you seeing when you see ahead? What are you seeing? Are you seeing success or you're seeing failure? Because if you see success, all of a sudden you feel courage. You feel a sense of, 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 of strength. But if you're looking ahead and all you can see is failure, all you can see is destruction and death, then that creates fear. And I tell you, what the enemy wants to do is to paint a picture, project into your future and show you his plan for you, which is death and destruction. But just as the enemy wants to paint a picture and project for you, so too does the Holy Spirit. He wants to paint a picture and project into your future. But his projection is the strength of God. His projection is victory. His projection is success. His projection is breakthrough through and blessing and better things what are you seeing what are you seeing because if you see what God sees then you'll have courage let me finish by saying the fourth thing that you need to do to approach the new year is partnership with God it's partnership with God. Just as three times God told, told them to be courageous. Three times God also told them that he was going to be with them. In verse 5, he says, I'll be with you. At the end of verse 5, he says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. And in verse 9, he says, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on, folks. Come on, folks. If you knew you could not fail, and you knew that God would never leave you nor forsake you, what would you try to attempt for God?
Because too often we just don't attempt because we think that we're going to fail and we don't believe that God is with us. But he's God saying, come on, I'm with you. Don't let the enemy, don't let the enemy put fear into your heart. Don't let the enemy project into your life and say, you are going to be destroyed. You are going to fail. You're going to fall apart. But look to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords whose hand is being held out towards you. And God's saying, come on, hold my hand. And together we'll go into this new year. Together we'll go into this new venture. Together we'll go into this new vision. Together we'll go into this new opportunity. And you will not fail. Why? Because the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you ever, ever, ever. Let me finish with this one scripture in Romans chapter 8. Here it is. If God, come on, who can finish it for me? If God is for us, who can be against us? Why is that? Because through Christ, we are more than conquerors. And then it goes on to say, for I am persuaded. He's Paul. I am convinced. I know that I know that I know that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities or powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Come on church. That is your promise for your future. Nothing, no demon from hell, no principality, no power can stop you, can separate you from that which God has ordained for your life. And that is how to approach 2013. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a great big hand of praise. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You're awesome. Come on, let's stand in God's presence. Let's all stand. Woo! Do you want to lift your hands and surrender? I, I, you know, I do this all the time. I call it body language. I just open up the palms of my hands to heaven and it's like, Lord, I surrender. I surrender. Holy Spirit, just come right now. Come. Come upon your people. Right now, right now in the name of Jesus, I come against every tongue that has risen against you in judgment. I come against every voice that has risen up to try to plant the seed of failure in your life, to try to plant the seed of destruction. I declare it to be the voice of the enemy. I declare it to be what it is. And it's a voice from the very pit of hell to try to hinder you from accomplishing the God vision. And right now, I speak to you the word of the Lord, which is success. I speak the word of the Lord, which is victory. I speak the word of the Lord that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against you in judgment, you shall condemn because this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. I speak the word over you that nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of Christ. I speak the word over you that you are more than conquerors through Christ who loves you. 
I speak that word of God that nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing, nothing, nothing is too difficult for God. And right now, I speak God's word into your life that this year is going to be a year of overwhelming success for you. In Jesus' name, I speak it into your life. Now, I want you just to lift up your hands and say, I receive it. I receive it. I receive that word. I receive it into my spirit. I receive that word into my spirit. Lord, just do it, I pray, in people's lives today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it right now. Let it penetrate deep within your spirit. Penetrate deep within your spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, give people wisdom, Lord, to walk Walk according to the word of the Lord in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Center Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 